Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, Americans are ditching their internet. Today, Americans are ditching their internet and we mourn the loss of Prince. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Mm. Man. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Um, little little 1999. Oh yeah, from, classics from uh, 1983's mm-hmm. titled album 1999. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, so it's a it's a lot to say. It's a huge huge loss. Oh yeah, huge loss. Cultural musical icon, activist. Futurist, credible musician, songwriter. I mean, we could go, we could do a whole show on this print. We know? very much could. And, and it does look, you know, here at Geek Nerd Tech, we obviously talk about tech news and, and uh, nerd culture from black and brown geek perspective. Uh, but I tell, in a lot of ways, you know, Prince touches all across all of these things. I mean, obviously, you know, the definition of a geek is someone who is does is a deep diver in any specific thing or genre. And there's no bigger music geek or music historian than than Prince. He's a self-taught on every on every instrument. One hundred. And uh, you know, right, right, wrote one hundred percent of his own songs, played one hundred percent of all his own instruments. Someone asked him, like, Yo, how many interest, in- instruments do you play?" He says, "Thousands." <laughs> like, he, not yeah. you know, limited to you know the keys or the guitar. But I, I think that's amazing, and not just that as as a as a geek on his musicianship, but he was also heavy in the tech game, like absolutely, and trying to f- provide funding and access and resources to you know people of color and getting them you know the the technical skills and and resources to be able to speed them up into you know this digital age that we're in like yeah. he, he was donating money and setting up all sorts of organizational infrastructure that, yeah. to help young people learn yeah. and people didn't know that I didn't know that I know, know that either I mean Van Jones um, uh, CNN's Van Jones uh, was on talking about him and his legacy and they were friends which I didn't know I mean Van Jones is a, I, mean, I love Van I had no idea they were friends but uh, right. Van was just talking about all the things like you said that you don't know like all the stuff he's done mm-hmm. whether it's Ferguson or uh, Flint, Michigan or all these other different things that he's active putting up solar panels in Oakland yeah like yeah. active 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 I mean you know you think about it I mean Prince has got you know Prince had M's you know and, and, and you know he's spinning it more on you know on more things than just you know purple long coats <laughs> yeah. you know um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. And also, back to the tech game, I mean, he was also really ahead of his time with the streaming and the music and stuff when he was having a big you know, fight with Warner Brothers trying to figure out how to get his music to the fans via his own website. A oh, little yeah. way ahead of the curb. When, oh, we're, yeah. when we're like, I'm not getting music from a website. What is this? But, yeah. like, you know, obviously he was way ahead of the curb on that. So, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and, a, and a leading... Uh, vocal proponent of taking his music off streaming sites because Absolutely. of you know the, the 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 raping that a lot of these streaming sites do to artists he was a he was a very vocal about that and he and he aligned himself with title jay-z um and that was the only i believe the only streaming site currently that you can actually have his music available and accessible right. so yeah so and we, we have some we have some talk about title later as well but R.I.P. Prince. I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking about this in the weeks to come. Um, and like I said, to be honest with you, it hasn't really hit me yet. Um, we were working yesterday when we got the news, and I, I really haven't done the whole sit in front of the TV and 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 watch. I yeah, I done, have. I haven't it's even so draining. Yeah, like, like yeah. Uh, our partner Steve was was staying. He got home and was doing that. Steve Barry, and it it broke him down. Yeah. You know, he had to turn it off. And I haven't done that yet, so that's yeah. going to be my cathartic experience. Um, you know, if I ever get to that, but you know, I don't know, man. Right, man. Yeah. Well, blessings to Prince and his family. Yes, sir. And rest in paradise, man. Your music and your energy will live forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't start the show with one of our favorites and, and our cultural legends, um, Prince Rogers Nelson. But let's get back into the the tech news and the, the nerd culture. Uh, this one, this first story we we'll talk about is, you know, is the chatbot situation, uh, which has been sort of much maligned and and people come up with these sort of different algorithms to and we, I think we talked about this uh, with the uh, Twitter Microsoft the Microsoft yeah. situation on Twitter how that kind of backfired well there's this startup um, who's written this uh, 
is, I think it's because it's called the Edit. What's, what's it's the, called the Edit. The edit. Yeah, yeah, so it's a startup that sells vinyl records called the Edit that's pretty much, I don't want to say they perfected this algorithm, but they've, they've, they've figured out a way to, via text message, to get, to help uh, people who want certain records curate their record collection yeah. and then sell them by a simple reply, like or dislike, and then going from there, and then they can buy right there in the text. Right. It seems too simple and too good to be true. I mean, I think it's a great a great thing in terms of what we talk about um, bots replacing apps mm -hmm. and you know having this automation and this this artificial intelligence built into our communication system and so what's unique about the edit is that it's not just an algorithm and not just an AI doing this but it's also some human interaction right so if you if you want to buy a record and you have a question about it or you you want to do some further investigation, you'll still get that human touch point, but the bot is still sophisticated enough to recommend, you know, your preferences and likes and musical tastes based on your responses, right. yes or no, to certain records that it recommends. And so it's dope because they're making millions of dollars off of it. No, I mean, I mean, in, it, a, in, in, a, in a time where people aren't buying music, you know what I'm saying? Then they're sure as hell ain't buying vinyl. Yeah. Like, let alone that. And uh, they, they, they've made, you know, one million, you know, in eight months off vinyl records. Man. And that's revolutionary in and of itself, considering yeah. we're, we're in 2016. Yeah. I mean, everything old is new. Like, we, we get that. But um, I think it's very, what, what I found fascinating about the story is, is, is just that. I mean, here we are where we, you know, Shovel dirt over, you know, not only the music, not only vinyl and CDs and cassettes, but the music industry in general. Yeah. And the death of, you know, most importantly, the record store, which which we came up in, and my exactly. our fathers came up in. Fat beats. Yeah. The idea of walking into a record store, uh, you know, uh, and flipping through records mm -hmm. and pulling stuff out, and and there's still some great ones around, amoebas around and all stuff. But that that's, that's part of a culture to be able to go through yeah. and actually tact have that tactile feel of, of digging through records and Absolutely. looking at album covers and making decisions and talking to the very knowledgeable, almost too knowledgeable guy, yeah. you know, who back there who's like. Whoa, uh, that was 1973. Like that's that's part of the process that we've completely lost with the whole digital culture of buy on whatever. Now, I, I, Apple Music is trying to get some of that back to right. that curation. What's interesting about this for me is we're using the most forward technology to buy the the, the most low low tech and lo fi music. And right. It's very interesting of like how we're how we're doing that. The highest technology to bring back the the cool art form of the of the vinyl record and the record store. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, um, I mean, vinyl will always be here, you know, because you always have the music purist, and you always have that guy that wants, you know, that that warm vinyl feel versus the kind of like techno, yeah, um, stripped of that soulfulness and the found in digital um, formats. And so I like the the cross the crossing of using our communication technology to be able to put it in front of us in the recommendation structure. For us to be able to, oh, okay, I, they they actually uh, refurbished this album or is a new artwork or whatever. Right now, I can purchase it just off a text message. I think that is very very cool. And um, for the collector, for the for the hobbyist, for the person that that has those crates still, like this is a perfect way to do it. And you ain't got to leave your crib, yeah. even though you know, like you said earlier, like there is a there is a thing in terms of going into that store and yeah. touching a record, pulling it out. Sure. And you well, know, who does flipping more? I mean, besides like maybe me and you, I mean, not lately. I mean, but, I think it's, you know. I think it's an environmental or geographic. I think maybe in, on, on the East Coast in New York, like I think yeah. you might have more moments of that. Yeah. But here on the West, like we don't really have that except for Amoeba or yeah. like a very, very small mom and pop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you mentioned Fat Beats, they're long gone, but like, but uh, their uh, Aaron Records was the one we used to go to, my father and I used to go to all the time. Um, uh, long gone. Penny Lane's still around. Rhino, Lane. Rhino, Ra yeah. Rhino Records out where we grew up is Claremont. still there. Yeah. Claremont is still there. Uh, sure is. My father was going there. Man, my father still goes there. Oh, still goes there. Okay, yeah, my absolutely. father was going there. I was going there all through junior high and high school. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, in fact, my friend Dennis Kalachi, uh runs that place. He's been there twenty five years, Man. which dates me. Man. Um, and he's 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 twenty two years older than me. Anyway, I digress. So yeah, there's some places I really I would really like that. Um, one last thing, I just in, in a general conversation about this. You, you touched on it, but what do you think about the trend of the, I mean, we're, 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 we're obviously headed to an app-only world, apps on TV, apps on your phone, app, 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 but this is a non-app app. Like, what do, you, is it, what do you think about this trend? Do you think it'll, it'll continue? That's what I'm saying. Like, bots are here to replace apps. Like, in terms of hopping on your phone and, and pressing an app and typing in whatever information you want, like, that's going to be replaced by this artificial communication like hey it's the recommendations or you speak into your phone and it speaks back to you so i right. think this is the future in terms of if i had 
money to, to, to invest in a certain sector of technology, this this is, I think, going to be a very important sector in, in the next five to ten years. Like, I think it's going to replace the apps. It's going to yeah. create a whole other industry, you know what I'm saying? Because a billion-dollar industry. Well, yeah, because you, you, you strip away all that tedious UX and all that design and all that stuff that we're, you know, <laughs> you have to go through and just yeah. get right to that. Yeah, so workflow you don't really need. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, I know it's, it's very important to have that user experience and, that you, and, and all that stuff, but maybe you just need a freaking text message. Exactly. You know, maybe you don't need all that junk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, okay, well, let's move on. Uh, this is a new study that came out, which is also very interesting, that it seems that Americans are getting rid of their, their wireless their wireless internet and their home broadband internet mm-hmm. in favor of just cell phones. And this is sort of a, you know, initially maybe it was a demographic thing, yeah. but, this, but, you know, because obviously they, they, we, we, they talk about how, you know, some wealthier Americans have more broadband than others or yeah. have higher higher broadband than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, POCs or, or African-American homes or people of color don't have, a lot of people don't have broadband at all or have yeah. very low, low, low versions of that. But what they're finding is the cell phone carriers and all this these, this new LTE technology and everything else, you know, you can get all your internet on your phone. Yeah. So people are finding, I don't need Wi-Fi exactly. in my house because I get all my junk on my phone, including all, all my Netflix and everything else. Right. So what do you think of this? I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny. I never, ever even thought of that. Not that I'm a conspicuous consumer and have a bunch of money to spend, but I never, ever thought of like, wow, I'm paying, you know, $75 for this top-end Wi-Fi and I got my phone that's yeah. on a plan and my iPad is on a plan. Yeah. I mean, and so why, why am I paying the phone company and the cable company? Of course. I mean, like it's not necessary because of 4G technology and because of the speed of what these wireless carriers are are, are able to you know present to us. We can get the information um, just as easy, easily and quickly as if we had broadband. I mean, we're talking about video. We're talking about it all. And you got to think about a lot of people of color or people that are in a social economic position where they don't they can't afford it. Like they might go to a place like McDonald's or or or, or Starbucks where the Wi-Fi is being offered, and they they get their information that way. So because I think because of that, it has propelled. Um, a less of a dependency to want it in your home, and then because everything is on mobile now, the mobile game is, is killing you know the the desktop game or whatever in terms desktop's of desktops on laptop. I mean, who has in, in that same demographic? You go to someone's crib, like look, they got a house full of laptops, and Not desktops, exactly. No, everybody on their phone. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Everyone's tweeting Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, and on their Googling phone. on their phone. So I feel like because of the speed, like I said, that's offered, like you don't need it. Like why why spend that money? Like spend it on something else. So I think we're seeing that trend um, across all socioeconomic groupings. And I think that we'll continue to see. I think there was a, a statistic saying that two years ago, it was like one in every 10 um, person, one, one, one in every 10 people um, was on their mobile. Now it's like five in every ten people that's using just their mobile versus broadband. So it's almost um, like five times in two years. So right. I think in the next two years it'll probably do the same thing. You know. Right. So I, I want to ask you another sort of philosophical question, cultural question about. Uh, it's very simple. Is, is the home computer, as we know, the home desktop, is the home desktop dead? And I'm pretty answered. I just, you know, in my lifetime, I've seen this push of like, you know, computers, desktop computers were only for IBM, only for offices, and they're in the offices, yeah. da, 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 you know, in the, in the 80s and early 80s and whatnot. And then, you know, uh, Macintosh and others before that, TRS 80 and Apple IIs were like this whole push, like, we're bringing the computer to your home. Yeah. And then that whole industry grew like, wow, we have a computer in the home, and the home, and every home has to have it. The kids, for homework and that was that yeah. and we've, we've been on that for 35 for about 30 32 30 years you know a little yeah. bit of 35 years definitely but now with the way you know laptops and subsequently um you know ipads and, yeah. and, and tablets and now phones are who is buying and watches f- and watches yeah. thank you who is buying the going there and buying the big setup and putting it up, setting up in the kids' room or in the house, is, is the desktop dead? No, I don't think it's dead. I think oh, the home desktop. Um, I see, offices, I, I see it right. You know, having one sometimes. I, I think it, I think it's the usage, and I think it's it's the demographic. If you're talking about like the the young adult, the college the college kid, no, the laptops are still appropriate. Um, if you're talking about kids at the crib that are in high school, junior high, whatever, they're on they're on tablets, they're on phones. If you're talking about the creative or the guy that's actually making stuff. Um, I'm talking about the then, average home cat. 
Like every think, home in America, I think the average home has at least one computer. If if you're if you're IBM, if you're, sorry, if you're uh, you know if you're uh, Apple or or whoever Dell or something like that, are you still in, like the Dells of the world? Are you still in the business of like a computer in every home? Well, I think the computer has changed because now you have touchscreen computers that can can actually go through a transformation of being not only a laptop but actually a tablet. Sure. And so I think I think it's dual purpose. Like you want the you want the uh, mobility of. Of, of a mobile device, of a, of a tablet, but you also want kind of like the, the robust power of a desktop. And so, right. we, I mean, in 2016, we have the option for both com combined in one. So I think that, I think that in terms of like the desktop situation versus the laptop situation, I think the laptop and the tablet is killing the desktop. Yeah, I agree. So. And I think also when we talked about this before too, I think we're also going to see uh, proliferation of all of that sort of desktop stuff and how we how we how we utilize and how we surf the web. Probably probably be moved to some version of your television. Yeah. So as opposed to having a desktop, you're probably going to be able to do that through your television. I mean, we already are. You already are, but mm -hmm. like, but really have a keyboard where you're sitting on the couch and doing your stuff, and then do whatever. Because uh, and then also, I, in offices, especially in production, I just was at you know an office, like Vice. Uh, you walk in and it's a, it's a giant workspace and everyone has laptops. So instead mm -hmm. of you're the company, let's buy everyone a laptop. Yeah. Be just as productive, yeah. you know, and, as opposed to buying desktops. So I, it's just, it's interesting to see where this thing goes. And the last point about that, I mean, is, is again, it's a Moore's law. So like every year, it's going to get faster, cheaper. Mm -hmm. And so why why invest you know three three grand, five grand in a desktop when the following year is going to be like the newest model that's way better right. and way and way cheaper. Yeah. So invest in a tablet. And it's the same thing with a tablet. I mean, yeah. so I think it's just what the usage is, you know, and, yeah. and what your price point is. Exactly. So. And then this gets to my, I guess this, was made, this makes more sense of the stuff I disagreed with, but you were saying about the, why the importance of the iPad Pro and things like that, because it's, it's, Offering that power and creativity and, and mobility to people who use it for different things, exactly. other than just you know spreadsheets, or whatever, yeah. whatever, or porn. All right, so wow. <laughs> no, this is the, two, the top two uses for uh, your, your your home computer. Your uses. All right, <laughs> uh, all right so this is interesting. Uh, Airbnb is forming an alliance with one of the nation's biggest labor unions, and I think that this is a smart move on Airbnb's part because Airbnb, you know, for all of their you know their expansion and, and and their ingenuity and their proliferation in, in, in around the world just is constantly under fire like just like uber yeah exactly because they're changing the industry so that i mean the hotels don't like them yeah. the landlords don't like them some municipalities don't like them the cities don't like them so like they've got to try to figure out how they can say, "Hey, we're here to stay, yeah. and we're going to play, play, play ball." And I think this to sort of like embrace this, 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 this service employees union, help all these sort of people who clean and say, "We're we're all for fifteen dollars an hour. We're doing for all of our people. We have all of these houses that need to be clean. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to embrace this and put all these people to work at this rate." Yeah, that 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 that's a move. That's, that's a great move. move. It's a great move, and I think it's an appropriate move for. Uh, people that that work in that industry they should have the protection of health insurance they should have you know a retirement fund they should have you know the various um, luxuries that are assigned to you know traditional careers and oftentimes they don't have that oftentimes they they are on the lowest rung of protection and so I think to be able to have the, the infrastructure with Airbnb and to offer that to workers or offer that to, to the people that sign up for Airbnb and and allow people to use their homes like hey if, if you're gonna be a partner with Airbnb you have to partner with Right. Um, this type of uh, uh, this organization that will hire only these people, or yeah. hire pe or hire people at this rate, and I think that's that's very um, respectable and and smart, and I think it changes the narrative in terms of everything you're saying, the the attack that they're right. getting from all different fronts. But I think that Airbnb, like Uber, is very revolutionary and something that you know we're seeing all over the world. It's a global phenomenon. Yeah, and you get a treehouse in Sri Lanka. Like, uh, that's, that's crazy. You can get a you know whatever. But I think yeah, it should it should protect um, and it should offer and protect um, more rights and more uh, opportunities for people that that work. And so I'm I'm a, I'm a proponent of it. Question to you is though, what do you say if you are that hotel employee? What do you say if you are you know that muni municipality worker? What do you say? What is your take then? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's it's hard. I mean, I, I think that if you're that person, I mean, I think that I just want to know that people in my industry and, and the jobs that I have is 
maybe at this skill set has a floor and has some longevity. So if Airbnb, if I work at the Four Seasons and I see Airbnbs doing that over there, I would either fight for the Four Seasons to make sure I'm getting the same pay, or I go work for Airbnb. There it is. You know, and so I think that that, that that's also why it's a good thing. You, you know, it's, it's competition. And this is kind of the whole not to get political, but this is the whole you know theoretically what the Republicans say is privatize everything, and we set the industry, and everyone will follow. Because of course, they usually like privatize the industry and they cut everything and right. um, profits. But this is a good example of that. Like, so like we're we're a giant company. We're setting the bar here. Yep. And so this is industry standard. If you guys aren't doing that, why not come? You know, people are going to want to come to us. Yeah. It's not dissimilar to what In and Out have done. In and Out Burgers have done all these years by setting their by setting their wage mm-hmm. high. And when I was in high school, it was like nine. Nine bucks, nine bucks an hour. Yeah, and that was that's, that's that was big money. When I think minimum wage is like four fifty. Yeah, like some double. You know, yeah. So that was that was crazy back then. And then I think, uh, and they're still doing that. So they said they mm-hmm. set the they set the bar mm-hmm. higher. Uh, last thing I'll say about this too is the, um, you know, uh, this works for Airbnb as well because look, I've rented, I've had some Airbnbs like terrible. in New York. I got in the bed. There's some hair, like, you know. Like so, if you're saying yeah, the like, quality of it, you know, what I'm saying? you're asking them like to just hurry up and turn the room around and clean it, and I'm gonna use the homie down the street to clean it, or I'm just gonna do a real quick job myself, like do some up and then come stay in my house because I'm trying to make that money. Like that reflects badly on Airbnb. It doesn't reflect badly on the individual. Yeah. It does because of the way the system's set up. So I like the idea of Airbnb saying, look, much like Uber did with their drivers. Right. You know, Uber said, look, we're, we're not going to farm this crap out anymore. Yeah. These are all Uber drivers exactly. now. And exactly. so what they're saying is, we're not going to farm, like, let, let the cleaning up to you. The cleaning's up to us. Right. There's a certain standard. Everybody can pay a certain amount. So when you stay at an Airbnb, you know, your shit's going to be clean. You're going to get a certain type of experience. Exactly. That's a smart, smart move. Yeah. And as a consumer, I appreciate that because I don't want any hair in my bed. When I, when I go stay at someone's crib in I mean, because if you found hair in a hotel, you'd be you'd be ape shit about yeah. it. So yeah, I know what to complain to, but right. the dude who I already paid my, paid the money to, exactly. who's like, I don't know, man, sorry, <laughs> like good night. Yeah, there's there's no comping there, right? No, yeah, no. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, I can't get a breakfast comp over Airbnb. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, moving on. The uh, IMAX film, the, the, one one of these guys of of, of IMAX films is, is is really doing. IMAX is really getting big, big, big on. Um, uh, on, on live events, and they unveiled their their first production truck, actually truck broadcast truck, broadcast yeah. truck for live events. So as we know, like as you may or not know, I've broadcast like, truck for virtual reality, virtual reality live yeah. events. Let me, let, me, let me clear that. So broadcast truck, whatever it is, it's the Super Bowl, it's it's the Oscars. That all that control room is run by a mobile control room that's outside in the truck. They're switching, they're doing everything, directing all that stuff live for live events. Yeah. What they're suggesting is we're going to build, we built the first one that can handle virtual uh, virtual reality. Live events, yeah. which is quite revolutionary. Now, Super when I, revolutionary. When I heard that, I was like, so "What is that supposed to mean?" I couldn't, I couldn't even think in my brain of what the applications are. And then I read the the most obvious one is NASCAR. Yeah, like just just imagine the the the. The, the driver with various cameras all over them, the VR cameras all over mm-hmm. them. You're in that car. You're, you're, you're in the car. You're 200 miles plus. Yes, yeah, so you can look around. Exactly. You can see who's behind you. Like, and and that, yeah. that's that's pretty revolutionary. Super revolutionary. Beyond that, I don't know. I mean, what else? I, I feel the, virtu- <laughs> the VR game is going to be explosive. I was just having a conversation with a fellow filmmaker about that yesterday, and he was saying that he, he was actually going to think about buying you know, a, a VR camera um, or having the production capabilities to be able to, to, to create that product but I think that in the next few years like we're gonna see more content more opportunities for us to experience it and also the personal VR stuff like yeah. the Oculus Rift or the Morpheus or the HTC will be more affordable for the average consumer but I think something like this is is dope that they can like ship that truck anywhere in the world any live event and have the the, the technical um, setup to be able to capture all that stuff sure um, edit all that stuff and, and create the package, and then farm that in, out in real time. In real time, yeah. farm that out for for a person to be able to consume it and be really immersed in what's actually happening in real time. That is that is amazing. It, it is it is quite amazing, and not to be under not to underplay that because you think about okay, VR 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 live. Well, someone has to make that truck. Someone has to be able to like convert that live technology on the fly. Yeah. You know, in, from a technological standpoint, then you got to have people like directors who are good at that stuff. Yeah. You know, what are you cutting to? Mm-hmm. What are you not cutting to? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like in a football game, is it going to be on the ref, and you can get a point of view of the referee, like right. on it the field? On, it might be on a quarterback. It, it might, might be, be on a helmet. helmet. Exactly. Yeah. It might be. It might be some type of uh, cameras they are able to put in the football. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Exactly. Like uh, it's wow. The, 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 the possibilities are really 
incredible. Um, okay, so moving on. This is my least favorite. The well, my, my 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 favorite and least favorite talk at the same time. Um, this is where you know we're talking about open science, uh, and and we've been talking about you know mapping the genome and cloning and all these different things. And so um, this is an article about how open science how open science can help solve the Zika virus and prepare us for the next pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now you know Zika. You know, currently in Rio now, um, where, where, where we'll probably be, and that's concern. But um, what they're saying is, open science is allowing is for, is is something that allows everyone to. Um, I mean, so I can't say this right. Basically, when it comes to like you know, we map the genome. When it comes to doing genetically altered, uh, you know, bio, biology, uh, all kinds of things like. Everything, everything from uh, micro pigs, super goats, extra muscular bagels, um, white mushrooms. Um, this is this is the kind of stuff that's being done now. And then now we're in a point where China's actually edited human embryos. Um, but the, the the idea here, which all that's terrifying to me, you want to get your thoughts on it. But the idea here being, this is um, this will be able to help hopefully genetically alternate alter d- disease or make us disease free or come up with stuff vaccines for disease um and all sorts of which is great too well the thing is like we live in a shared economy now and like you have crowdsourcing for you know personal projects you have crowdsourcing for many many various things in, in other industries so the, the the argument or the point of conversation is like why don't we have that in place in the medical industry like how come we can't have you know a, a laboratory or a group of doctors on this part of the planet be able to have a fluid conversation with a laboratory and doctors on this side of the planet and so that's what they're trying to um corral or correct because it slows down the process of finding cures because there's a bro- it's a broken line of communication so why not open up the channels of communication we have the technology to be able to say hey here's all the information we have about this put all the brilliant minds around it let's share the information and let's let's accelerate the process like so it. that we can have a cure but the problem is that it's greed it's about money it's because how a, a, a practice or a doctor or an organization makes money is like hey i found this i studied this yes. i found it my name goes in the article. I get the money for research. I get right. the accolades, and, and so I won. And all this, yeah. Exactly. So break that up. You know, destroy that type of thinking. Destroy that type of workflow. And let's make it more collective, more communal, okay. so that it's more fluid. And now, hey, we we all have access to the technology. We all have ac- an access point to the conversation. Instead of starting from scratch, right. I could just read. Oh, we're already here. Right. Wow, I didn't think about it that way. Well, let me put my twist on it now. Cure, ch- cure, cure. You sure, know? because you know, like in Germany, they're doing some shit. We're doing some stuff here. The Chinese are already like, you know, n- n- doing stuff with humans. Of course, the Chinese are. So wow. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, they, so that that you know. Um, you know, like some people are like, you know, made, we're, we made micro pigs, you know, which is crazy. We made a super goat, but Chinese China like, yeah, we altered the human, you know, we put wings on them all. Yeah. You know, so who knows? But uh, we'll see. I don't know. The whole thing is, um, I mean, I think that's a slippery slope. Th- why is it a slippery slope? Why? Uh, I will, in that, in that open collaboration, that you've got the Chinese guys being like, uh, hey man, I'm trying to put a big nose on them. Like, oh, I got the code for the big nose right here. I gotta, I'm trying to put up some wings on a guy. Wings, piece of cake. Pig nose, here you go. Like, I, mean, we're, I don't but, know. But I, I think it's a difference between, you know, scientific experimentation and actually trying to find a cure for a disease. And, Fair and enough. Like, an example is Fair like enough. the Ebola virus that was happening in 2014. They were saying that, hey, if we had had this dialogue, we, we might have been able to find a cure for it much faster. Versus like, hey, how can we put wings on a human? That's, yeah. that's a different type of conversation. That's, you know? where, that's where my brain goes. Okay. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, um, you know the the idea of a pandemic. I mean, aside from all the zombie movies, we, zombie apocalypse movies we've seen in the last ten years and TV shows, but like the idea of a pandemic is still terrifying. I mean, even you know we had those movies with Contagion, and there's another TV show coming, and yeah. there's Outbreak back in the night, you know, back in the nineties or early nineties. Outbreak was good. Yeah. Your boy Cuba was. Uh, well, don't hate, bro. Don't hate, bro. <laughs> I'm not mad. At Cuba flew a helicopter. But yeah, uh, I like that movie a lot. Um, so anyway, so we'll see. I mean, this is, this is, could be very exciting, could be very scary, but hopefully, you know, we we can, uh, you know, cure a lot of things. I, 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 Amen. I, Amen. We we're gonna find a cure for cancer in our lifetime because yeah. of because of this because yeah, of agree. the ability to be able to communicate much faster. Okay. So all right. Uh, so let's let's loop back over to title. So there's a lawsuit claiming that <laughs> that your boy Kanye My tricked. Boy. That's people right. into signing up for title. Who knows? You know, famously, Life of Pablo came out, and 
Um, and famously, you know, in a twit in one of his sort of Twitter rants, he was very clear about saying that uh, this will only be available on title, so you gotta buy it now. Only, never. I'm never putting this out anywhere else. And mm-hmm. then the story came out that oh, actually, it's gonna be on, on, on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Yeah. Uh, and so people were like, well, damn, I bought title, and I didn't have to. Thanks, Kanye. That, that's misrepresentation. I'm suing you. What do you think of it? First of all, what do you think of the? What do you think about Kanye's rant? A. What do you think about people's reaction to it? Do you feel people were duped? Do you think Kanye did it on purpose, or was he just doing the thing? Well, I, I'll start off by saying I know for you know a startup or for a company that is in the digital space, their biggest, uh, their biggest, uh, obviously their biggest point of point of revenue is getting people's information, collecting information so they can be able to um, sell it off to you know companies and also. Um, curate ads for those people and so like I get the fact that you're, you're using a high profile artist high profile release to be able to generate you know conversation and noise and subscribers I get that so however as an artist as a man um, I should be able to change my mind mm-hmm. I should be able to say hey I want to have it I want to have my piece of work that I created with my own genius to, yep. to live here and yep. if I say I want it to live somewhere else I should have the right and option to do that and it's your choice to be to say hey I'm not going to get your album because it's only on title, or I'm going to sign up for title and get your album. Right. But that's your choice to spend your money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're not duped. You made a choice. That's true. That's true. <laughs> exactly. And I, I did the same thing. I signed up for it. I was like, eh. I actually didn't believe him. So I'm actually held out. I didn't so believe him either. I didn't believe him. I'm like, eh. I mean, I know that sounds good, but that's just not going to work. Because I mean, come on, man! Like, the money. Whoever, that guy who started the suit, take some responsibility for yourself, bro. Yeah. We're talking about ten bucks a month, like, right. like if you, if you're such a fan of the music, like, yo, you you got the music, right. like, why, why are you tripping? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. But I, you know, look, promotions, promotion, hype is hype. Kanye is Kanye. Like, don't sue people over that shit. I don't know. But I mean, but, but they're not suing Kanye. They're suing title. title. <laughs> yeah, title for Mr. which was what you would do. Uh, we don't know. We're That's in, retarded, man. It's we're in a litigious uh, society here. Uh, all right. So, oh, this is a very interesting one too. So I don't know where I said this. So you know, uh, you know, the augmented reality thing is hot. That company, uh, Masquerade, the, the app where you can sort of put these different faces on. You know, DiCaprio, that Snoop Dogg, everything else. Uh, I think they merged. I don't think like. If Snapchat's doing its own version of that, or if mm-hmm. they merge with Masquerade, but Snapchat, it's our own version. Okay, well, Snapchat uh, did a Bob Marley filter for for their for their for their for uh, four twenty for four twenty, um, which is a perfect millennial play, and people were like talking about that this is maybe sort of uh, you know beyond cultural appropriation. This is like a black blackface situation. This is a tricky one for me because I think that now when I'd love to hear your takes on this. Uh, I, look, you know, Bob Marley is a legend who happens to be, uh, you know, he happens to be black. I think that if we, if he is ubiquitous and, and it's going to be honored in a way that we say everyone of all races can pretend to to, to, to use his face and say, hey, I'm Bob Marley, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think where we went into trouble is what you do as an individual with that. If yeah. you put the Bob Marley face and said, you know, says some like racist shit, like, look at me, I'm a Rasta ass nigga, or whatever, like, and then you're a white dude, then that's different. That's what, that to me was where the black, the black face doesn't come in the actual act of like putting, putting black face on. It's more about the overall characterization, the caricature of, of, of what you're doing with that. Um, not to say that if you put on black face and you act like a gentleman, it's cool. I'm just saying that, like, for me, it's more than just that. So, this technological version of that, it is very specifically Bob Marley's face, and it's a te- it's, it's it's a mask. It's no different than a mask for me. So, I don't know. I mean, Kylie Jenner and some others were doing some stuff and doing some. There, there are people, plenty of white folks and other people doing some bad, bad Jamaican accents, saying some stupid shit. But I don't know that. I, I don't know about this. I, I think I think this is fine. This responsibility lies in individuals. My my opinion, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, my thoughts are. I mean, Snapchat as as a as a as a corporate entity got the the rights from the Bob Marley estate to be able to use the likeness of him in terms of these caricature elements, and so I, I think that it, I think it's problematic. Um, I get the point, but you want to you have some type of comical or some type of fun element for 420 and. Bob Marley arguably could be the face of marijuana and getting high, but I mean Bob Marley is so so 
I mean, it was way more than that, clearly. But I mean, he, they got the rights from the Bob Marley estate. They got the sign off. Is so. the issue for is is the issue for you, or is the issue that people take issues that like, oh, Bob Marley's more than weed. You make it well, into a weed. That's nigga. my first issue. Yeah. Like, I think when you think of Bob Marley, for me at least, I don't think of marijuana. That's not the first association. That's that what Hollywood's white kids think, though. Yeah, it's been I, distilled down into I, that. And I think that is kind of corruptible, and I think that's kind of disrespectful and demeaning to his legacy. That's point number one. Point number two, in terms of you know, I definitely would bet money that, you know, thousands, if not millions of people that use this mask um, definitely uh, said and did things that were inappropriate and disrespectful. And so I think I think that needs to be a little bit more thought that goes into that. I would rather it I would have rather it not been like a Bob Marley um, mask, maybe just design something completely different. Like if you want to have, you know, locks and, you know, you know, red green and yellow colors as a hat and maybe no coloration of the face that right. might have been more appropriate uh you know so masquerade has that snoop dog version that's exactly like this exact right. same thing it's basically snoop lion it's got the it's got the you know the, the red golden green it's got right. the dreads it's got snoop's face and some glasses a uh, bunch of white people and black people talk about fizzle my nizzle yeah. and uh and no one really blinked I think that you're right, and it's just you know the weed there too. I mean, I'm a smoke, I'm a rolling up, I'm Snoop Dogg. But I think that the the main issue, which you brought up an excellent point, is you know this sort of distills making Bob Marley the face of 420 for a bunch of you know young people, black, white, and everyone else to, to put on the black Marley face and be like, I'm a smoke weed man, I'm Bob Marley, and then not be the legacy. No, is, no, is 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 problematic. Get out of here, to say the yeah, least. Exactly. So uh, I don't like the like. I, I just, I just it, it runs me the wrong way when you're making the direct black face comparisons because I, I think I guess there's no other way to say it, but it just feels like. But it is because a, are you going to put on that mask and act yourself? No, yeah, you're going to act true. like you're. Jamaican man, right. you're gonna act like you're a black man. But to that point, I mean, telling devil's advocate, like you know, the uh, the Leo, uh, this is the Leo Leonardo DiCaprio one on on Masquerade. I put that on, and, and you started acting like Leo. Uh, yeah, I put it on. I was like, yo, where the ladies at? <laughs> okay, <laughs> but Leo, like if you if you look around, Leo, Leo sounds black anyway when he's talking in his in his non acting voice. So who knows? But uh, I don't know. I, it's it's interesting. I it's it's a, it's a slippery slope and problematic it's at best. A, it's a fine line. I, I don't know. I don't know. Where we, you know, I don't know what, what the, what the what, where, where the outrage machine starts I, and stops. I think here. I think it would be more appropriate for a face like that in in the comic space versus the tone of Bob Marley and his legacy was revolution and empowerment and freedom and fighting the system. And so when you distill that down to just to him smoking weed, right. like it's a slap in the face. And so, but maybe if if they use someone that was in the comic space that was known for doing crazy funny right. shit. Then it'd be more appropriate for you to take that and run with it and put your own interpretation. Onto so listen, for the, the, the Kevin Hart mask, and no, we're, we're better like the, the Richard Pryor mask, and everybody black and white was like dropping MFs and and talking. And would you think like, oh, Richard Pryor's a legend? Look at his legacy. Would you like this I is probably, weird? I personally, probably, <laughs> I probably feel the same, yeah. um, because of the history of this country as it relates to blackface and yeah. it relates and as it relates to the theft and the stolen legacy of some of our culture. Culture, I, I feel like it's just it, it just rubs me the wrong way. But in a way, I understand that it can be innocent and just harmless. But I think that we talk about culture and we talk about you know legacy. It has to have some type of uh, some type of just respect associated sure. with it, and and and, a, and some type of knowing. Like we need to know like what's going, what's good with. A person like Bob Marley gives you the context. You may not be act you may not be putting it on and acting that way if you know all the shit that he did. You know, absolutely. So, and last but not least, I mean, some of the worst instances of this is like you having like clueless white kids and and Asian kids, other than everyone, like doing stuff like hiding behind it, like putting the mask on the Snoop Dogg one too, and be like, "Yo, me and my niggas are gonna smoke smoke some weed." Like, I'm black now. I can say it. <laughs> like, that's that's problematic. So, Super problematic. <laughs> uh, it's, all right. Moving on, speaking of problematic, um, the good news is, oh, well, let's just say that. So Harry Tubman's gonna be on Twin Dollar Bill. That's good news. Um, they, they, they talked they talked us out. They were trying to replace the uh, the the racist, <laughs> genocidal uh, slave owner, Andrew Jackson, um, and uh, who did who did balance the budget, who is you know a treasury uh, great, but also a horrible human being. Uh, they, they replaced him, they wouldn't place him with a woman. 
Yeah. Which I thought was a good idea, and they had a vote, and we we, we got our, our girl Harriet our, our Harriet Tubman, which I think is fantastic. Uh, Alexander Ham- Hamilton is going to stay on the ten dollar bill, probably because of the <laughs> the, the popularity of the music uh, musical. But the only thing I want to mention about this that's driving me f- f- crazy is your boy Ben Carson. Like he recently came out and and had a conversation about this, and someone asked about what do you think about him on the. Tra- on the uh, on changing twenty dollar bill, and he's like against taking out t- taking um, uh, Jackson off the twenty dollar bill, citing his 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 legacy as a treasurer and citing his legacy and in, in connection to money. And then when asked about Harry Tubman, he says, "I'm, I'm okay here with Tubman, but maybe something that's worth a little less, like the two dollar bill. Put it on a two dollar bill." What is what's wrong with Bill and Carson? First of all, and and I, let me get your thoughts on Harry Tubman on, on the thing, and I also want to hear your thoughts on Bill Carson. Okay, so first off, my my thoughts on Harry Tubman is I think. Um, in terms of, it's almost like Obama being elected into the the, the presidency. Um, like it's great for you know him. It's great for us in terms of the, the symbolic nature of it. Like, right. hey, we have someone on our currency that's reflective of our culture and our history, and it reminds us of you know the 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 the, the political and social economic nature of this country. Like, I think for that reason, it's great. Um, However, I think it's super ironic and problematic that a woman who was once a slave, who was once owned and her labor was used as a way to build this country, to to bring revenue for this country, um, had to break from that system and her whole legacy is taking people from that system and now she's on the money. And when we talk about slavery, we talk about black folks in this country, we haven't received one dollar right. for our labor. For building so, the infrastructure exactly. that so her her face is on the money, you know what I'm saying, that like it's just ironic. It's just it's I think it's confusing. Like what what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like that is, you know, I mean congratulations, you made it, Harriet. <laughs> like what <laughs> <laughs> Like, even for real. like you, you, the idea of like even everybody like yo I need some Tubmans up and like, I'm all about the Tubmans. What does that say to the like <laughs> legacy? Like what is what, what is that when that vernacular comes out? Like you know, I, I am not gonna go. It's there. bad. It's yeah. bad. Like you making a rain strip strip club. I'm setting my Tubmans free. <laughs> like every. <laughs> Wow. Not, wow. Don't act like that shit's not gonna happen. Oh, I, I've already seen you the know? memes. I've already yeah. seen the memes on it. Like so, but. It it just irritates me. Like we like who like we could think of we could think of this as like a good thing. Hey, we have such a such a great black woman who freed the slaves, put on our money because it represents America and it represents how far we've well intentions well intentioned stuff that probably not all the way thought out. Not thought out. But what about the descendants of those slaves? What about yeah. what about, you know, the families, the generational effects of those families? What about, you know, the economic effects of those families? Like how do you speak to that? What do you black guys want? Okay, <laughs> and if that if that's if that's the question, we put her we put her on the thing. You're complaining about that. Hey, like hey. what do you want? You want her on the hundred dollar bill? Just being smart. Just being smart no, about no, it. No, I, I I agree. I hear you. Um, well, I mean, like, like, like you know, I, I, it's tricky. It is problematic. But I, I like the I like the line because it really kind of came through. It, what happened is it just came through a different filter that was well intentioned. It came through like we want a woman. Yeah, I know, and right? it was actually voted in. Right, it was voted, voted in. in. But then we want a woman. So of all the women, it's like, well, let's put a woman of color. Let's put some PLCs in here. And like, so Harriet Tubman. Okay, it seemed like a good idea. Then when the vote came through, she went. It's like you know, we won. And then it's like, wait a minute. You know, let's have some respect. But I like it because having that as an icon on our money, it propels conversation. Right. Like we can have that conversation. Yeah. Like I, w- I would love, I would love to see that um, being communicated on on MSNBC, on CNN, sure. on Fox News. Like I love them to talk about the dynamics of that and put it in a historical context. Yeah. Like a woman who's now on our money who never right. received money for her labor. Right. Like just like that. Like let's talk about that. Right. How how does that work? Right. Anyway. Wow. It's, it's very, very thought-provoking, Sean. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's get out of here with these last two really quickly. Uh, Microsoft is killing off the Xbox 360, RIP Xbox 360. I don't know what to say about that. I got the Xbox One. You have the Xbox One. Love yes, the Xbox sir. 360. I don't know what to do. I got a, we had a crap load of, 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 of Xbox 360 discs and boxes. They're going to be filling landfills. <laughs> 
What's going to happen to all those millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of Xbox 360 packages? Like, 80, 80 million or something? 80 million consoles that's, that was sold? 80 million consoles? Right. But I'm talking about like the yeah, actual everything, games. Everything. I that's, just, that's just landfills. So I, Microsoft needs to really start thinking about like take some responsibility for you know you know we're making this we've done this for all these years and now we're switching systems i don't know i just that's so that's something that really bothers me about it maybe because i own a lot of that shit but like where's it gonna go i mean but i mean isn't that the same conversation that you would have with apple or any type of te technology company like 10 years ago you know the xbox 360 came out and was popping so right. i mean it's it's old so yeah. it has to die some sometime yeah i mean i guess what we're, we're all these old cds doing everything exactly There's landfills 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 okay cool last but not least star wars fans have put this billboard in San Francisco I believe it's in San Francisco um, begging George George Lucas or not begging George Lucas but be begging Star Wars to give us the expand the original expanded universe now what, he, what we mean by the original expanded universe is after Star after Star Wars the success of Star Wars there were a gang of uh, novels and books and supplemental materials that came out that, that sort of really did a you know Lucasfilm did a excellent job of trying to make sure that every single paperback, every single novel that was written actually fit right into the narrative of what was going on in theory, right? Even in that 30 years when there was no movies. Right. Star Wars fans needed that content. I remember when we went to Lucasfilm, they talked about the big uh, sort of continuity board where all you can see, look at the, this, the, this novel connects with this novel, connects with this movie. Like, it was very important to have that continuity all the way through the cartoons, through the video games, through everything else. So with this new version of Star Wars, J.J. Abrams, they just erased that board and kind of did whatever right people are mainly complain complaining about people riding from mara jade who is uh luke's who's who's a somebody sent to ki kill luke who is later luke's wife right. who they later had a, who they, they they had a kid who people would think would be ray if that's how that's going to go but there's no mention of mara jade there's other characters that people are really riding for um so well, what's your take? Know. I mean, you, you're you're a big Star Wars guy. Like, are you are you with the original canon, yeah. or are you with the you know the new the new breath of life that's been put into the Star Wars universe? Another big kid is Grand Admiral Thrawn. That's another people really. What about what about Grand Admiral Thrawn, y'all? What about Mara Jade? People are mad. So my, my take on it is is it's it's selfish take because I, as a huge Star Wars fan, as a proponent of all this shit, I never cracked a book. Um, I think there's I think I think actually I take that back. I, I think I think in high school, no, in junior high, I read a Lando Calrissian paperback, like some land, like, like Billy Dee was on the cover. Like I'm like, oh cool, Lando got an adventure. I don't, I don't remember any of it, but I feel like I read a Lando book. That's as far as I got. Got it. So so you don't care. I don't care because I don't know. Now there's millions and millions and millions of fans that who, do that do, but also yeah. who follow this stuff and who are like adamantly like loving this stuff right. and feel like. I want to see that universe brought to life. Well, how can you erase that history? That's Star Wars history. You're erasing. Uh, I don't know. False outrage, real outrage. I don't know. I don't. As a Star Wars fan, I don't care, which is interesting to me. Maybe yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I hear that coming from you. Like, I, 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 I didn't read any books. I got it. Didn't I got it. it. I got it. So, well, yeah, man. My take on that is like all all that um auxiliary content that was built like i i never experienced that i never right. had access to it didn't even know it really existed until you know reading reading about it later so like in terms of how it's emotionalizing me like it is for, for some of those folks like i have no emotions attached to it right. i don't i don't care either like i feel I like what JJ did with the new yeah. um iteration of it and i i mean he's not done you know right. like it's going to be i mean it's going to be Numerous uh, movies that come 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 from from the, from this rebirth of it. So, but where is Grand Admiral Thorn? <laughs> Let's say you laugh. Sorry, man. Yeah, that's it. I mean, all right. Well, I apologize to you. Speaking to of Star Wars, did you did you get the, the uh, Blu-ray or the oh, DVD? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got, I got where, where did you get it from? Uh, I did the Target one. Okay. I did the Target version. Uh, we talked about that on the Walmart Target that uh, Best Buy offers. I did the Target version and. Um, the extended content was kind of weak. Oh, really? No, no, the Target extended content, okay, that is. Because okay. the extended content was amazing. It was about two and a half, almost three hours of the stuff. And uh -huh. it's a deep, deep dive. And it was excellent. That's awesome. Everything from the table read to the art to the shooting to production diaries to production design to, like, cast to, you know, everything you think you want to know. 
um, it was de- it was a pretty deep dive. It was awesome. Only thing you don't get is a commentary track from JJ or anyone else, but you get pretty much everything you need to know. And who's conspicuously absent from the whole behind the scenes thing is George Lucas. I think he has one bite wow. in the entire three hours. Wow. Uh, and I watched the rewatched the movie. It holds up perfectly. Okay. Um, I watched some stuff with subtitles, and especially that mysterious. Uh, you know when she when she has that dream and all this mysterious things happen. It's all subtitles, and you you see who's talking. Yoda's talking. Obi Wan's talking. Uh, these are her first. These are your first steps. So it, it fills in some of the blanks. She maybe not have seen in, in the theater. It was, I I I liked it on on Blu-ray and enjoyed that experience as much as I did, if not more than in the theater. Wow, that's huge. So I watched it. I watched it the Blu-ray from beginning to end, and then I. Put the other disc in and watched three hours of the other thing, and I was up to like three, four in the morning. Man. I went to bed like zoom, zoom, zoom. Stop it, <laughs> <laughs> Grand Admiral Thorne. <laughs> All right. Also, before we go, I want to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. You know, football season's over, uh, but doesn't mean you can't have your fun. Uh, with DraftKings and doing some stuff. This is about golf. You know, if, if whether you're a golf's biggest fan or whether you just try a new fantasy sport, you can play one week golf for free every week on DraftKings.com. You need to pick six golfers before the tournament tees off, stay under the salary cap, rack up points for streaks, per hole performances, tournament finishes, and more. Outscore the competitions and you could win big. Only DraftKings brings the excitement of golf to this level. Um, and I'm not a golf guy, but you know the excitement of golf. This is, is I thought it was an oxymoron, but it does work. Um, every with every monster drive, every every putt made brings you closer to victory. It's a big thing. Uh, they're also doing more stuff with with DraftKings, like mixed martial arts and baseball and soccer and all kind of stuff. So listen, millions of fans are joining DraftKings.com and and getting to the action. They can do it for free. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Here's what you need to do. Um, our fantasy golf contest begins in the when the tournaments tee off. Just go to DraftKings.com now. Choose your golfers. Be sure to use the promo code GEEK. That's the promo code GEEK as in Geek Nerd Tech. That's promo code GEEK to play for free now. Only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Uh, we're going to get out of here. I think that's it for us today on, on GNT. Um, uh, thank you for t- checking us out. Thank you for tuning us in. Uh, we're also on iTunes, by the way. And if you want to do us a favor and check us out and rate us on iTunes, if you're listening to us on iTunes or check us out on iTunes, it helps other people find us. Uh, otherwise, those of you who listen and watch us on YouTube, thank you for doing that. And feel free, feel free to comment let us know what you think. Uh, Akili Shine, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. Where can I find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe K Braswell. Also on Snapchat at JK Braz. I'm snapping, not scoping. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.